You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Cheap ass whoopers. Sorry, sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. Good evening, guys. Welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hope everybody's doing well tonight. Uh, I'm feeling in a very good mood. Once again, I want to caution everybody. I am uh, going through a bout of storms right here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So if at any time we lose the broadcast, it could be over for good as thunderstorms are in the area and uh, who knows what could happen on this show and, and really any show on this network when uh, when I have thunderstorms going on. But uh, again, welcome to Unplugged. It's good to be here tonight. Just watched a very interesting episode of WWE NXT. Of course, for those of you who've been living under a rock and might have missed the show tonight, uh, the Nexus made their entrance into, well, since season one, they went back to... NXT to basically, for all intent purposes, invade the show. And I got to be honest, I, I expected more out of the Nexus tonight, but I wasn't disappointed with the show as a whole. I thought that uh, NXT really pulled it together. There was only two matches tonight, uh, one of them being a tag team bout, and uh, surprisingly later on the night, a battle royal. Lots of promotion going on for uh, WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view that's going to air this Sunday live on pay-per-view. And, of course, I will be covering that show alongside Mark the Shark DiCarlo uh, for Sunday Night Showdown. So with that said, I do have some audio clips that I want to play for you to kind of set everything up tonight uh, for tonight's edition of NXT. And we'll break right into this first clip, which is a very short clip. Uh, the Nexus shows up, and they have this to say to the WWE audience. All the best. We're very much looking forward to seeing you in action tonight. And to the WWE pros. I really hope you're not planning on instigating any trouble tonight. Because we just want to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Well, with that said... Let the show begin. Let's kick things off with our first match. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, they kick things off with the first match, a tag team contest uh, pitting The Miz and Alex Riley 
against the tandem of Lucky Cannon and, of course, his pro, Mark Henry, who last night on Raw was taken out by The Miz, and so Mark Henry was in a very foul mood. Uh, This was a good match. You know, a lot of it having to do with the fact that Alex Riley was getting chewed out by The Miz. Uh, He was really not wanting to get in the ring with Mark Henry. And the finish of the match came when Alex Riley was pretty much fed to the Wolves. And, uh, you know, Mark Henry and Lucky Cannon won. After the match was over, they basically poured trash on Alex Riley, uh, akin to the way The Miz did Mark Henry last night on Raw. So, uh, now here's the thing. And I know Josh was talking about this in the chat room. Right after this, they go to commercial break and they air an Alex Riley promo where the pros are talking about Alex Riley. And I know that Josh was uh, wondering, well, why did you just trash this kid and now you're doing this this promo for him? It made no sense. I would agree with that point, but at the same time, it was really to kind of put Mark Henry's fury over that I think they did that. I thought it was kind of ridiculous that after seeing this guy get trashed in the ring, literally, we now have a promo for Alex Riley. And if you missed the promo, here is the promo for Alex Riley in its entirety. Alex Riley. Alex Riley. He's that cute athletic guy, right? Yeah, he's the cute one. Yeah. Alex Riley, I think, is very, definitely very confident. He is a listener. He's a talent. He is great on the microphone. He is athletic. He is smart. He is cocky. He is arrogant. I think Alex Riley needs to get over the fact that he was cool in high school. Ten years ago, I was stuffing you nerds in lockers and stealing your lunch money. It's 2010, and Alex Riley has got a letterman's jacket, and believe it or not, I think the Riley is bejeweled. Alex was a lot more show than go. I think Alex is a little over the top right now. Alex Riley needs to relax. He seems like he's playing a character, and I'd rather him be a character. I would say that Alex Riley is entertaining. He's confident, brash. He actually reminds me a lot of The Miz. They're both very annoying. I think he's doing a great job. No one really likes him, but uh, it's better for him to come out there and have people react rather than have them be silent. I think it is tough to tell at this time who the WWE next breakout star is. Actually, no, it's not. The next WWE breakout star will be Alex Riley. And I'll be real honest with you guys. I completely agree with that statement. I think uh, The Miz is 100% completely right when he says that Alex Riley is going to be the next breakout star. This kid just seems to get better each and every week. I'm loving the charisma. I'm loving the fact that he really feeds off what The Miz brings to the table. I mean, if there's anybody that, that is <laughs> that is like The Miz in professional wrestling... It's got to be this kid, Alex Riley. Uh, I happen to love the gimmick, quite frankly. The fact that he's still holding on to uh, you know, his high school victories where he was the, the bully and he would beat people up and take their lunch money. I love it. I think it works perfect for him. You know, Whether he has a bejeweled R on his jacket or not, thanks to uh, dashing Cody Rhodes. If anyone should talk, it's dashing Cody Rhodes. But uh, I have to admit, I am getting into the Alex Riley character and... I would be 
disappointed if he wasn't in the top three when this thing is over. I still think that Husky Harris, whether he is eliminated in this contest or not, is going to do fine. I'm sure Joe Henning, I'm sorry, Michael McGillicuddy will do fine in this contest. Uh, I'm still not sold on Lucky Cannon. I, I wasn't impressed with his match tonight. I don't know. I, I It's going to be interesting to see where this goes from here. Uh, the next clip that I have for you, of course, last week on the program, we saw Percy Watson, Showtime, Percy Watson, win the Talk to Talk Challenge. And uh, because he won the Talk to Talk Challenge, he was basically given an opportunity tonight on NXT for his own talk show. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is the debut of the Showtime Percy Watson Show. And star studs in there like myself. Let me hear you say, Oh yeah! One more time, baby. Uh, uh, oh yeah! I love it, baby. That's what I'm talking about. It's about to be shaking and grooving out here tonight. Hey, look here, first things first. People always ask me since I won the NXT challenge last week, you know, talk the talk is what I do. <laughs> anyway, yeah. They say, hey baby, who you gonna bring on your show? You know what I'm saying? And to me, that's actually easy. You know what I'm saying? I think you all know this, man. He is a good friend of mine, taught me everything I know since I've been in WWE. He is not only my neighbor in Miami, but my friend, my mentor, my pro, Mr. Montel Fontavious Porter. Y'all give it up for Mr. MVP, baby, yeah! <laughs> Okay, first things first. <laughs> Can I borrow $20? You want to borrow $20? Just $20. Uh, well, we, we'll talk about that later, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know how we get down. You know we how we do. But, hey, man, uh, hey, on a serious note, man, I really want to thank you, man, for so much, you know what I'm saying? You teach me everything since I've been here, you know, and it's, uh, it's not, it's not, I can't think of anything else I can say to you, but I really appreciate it. I've learned so much from you, man. You are the man, and I appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Hey, but look, I can give you all the advice in the world, but if you don't listen and execute it in the ring, then it means absolutely nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so exactly you got to give right. yourself, everybody give Percy a pat on the back. You know, a round of applause for, for being the guy that's taking that advice and putting it to work. You know, you've been real good at seizing the moment. So, hey, man, and, and thank you for allowing me to be the first guest on the Showtime Percy Watson Show. Oh, man, I wouldn't have it any other way, player. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I've been listening to you, baby. You know how you always say, you should seize the opportunity yeah, yeah. and grab the moment. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think I'm going to do that right now. All right, what you got? What's happening? Well, they're the, well, they're the rest of the rookies for season two. Caval and Husky Harris. Sam and front. I'm sorry, it's got to be this way, Pete. Oh, okay. I, I see what... See, 
I gotta admit, man, you, you disappointed me, man, because I, I thought we connected here. But if I haven't taught you anything, you should know that when I roll through a party, I never roll solo. You know what I'm saying? I brought a few party girls of my own. Uh, here, here come the pros. This is interesting. So you want to make it a party? Let's make it a party. <laughs> I don't know if Percy Watson was expecting this. Percy whoa, wanted whoa, to... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. It looks like the rookies are trying to test the pros. I say we see what the rookies have, huh? So what do you say we clear the ring and let's settle this with an over-the-top rope battle royal right now? <laughs> yeah. Hold your horses, Matt Stryker. I think you've all forgotten about the most important part, which is, of course, the Nexus. Now, unfortunately, Darren Young couldn't be with us tonight. But the six of us would love nothing more than to be involved in a battle royal because, of course, a battle royal gives us an opportunity to be in a match where it's every man for himself. And I promise you at the end of it all, there'll be one winner. And that winner will be the same winner from NXT Season 1. Me, Wade Barrett. What do you say we make this official? A 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal next on NXT! Well, I say let's get this party started. Run it! A 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal, including those six men. The dangerous nexus next. It's every man for himself. Now, see, I love the setup for this. I love the fact that uh and keep in mind you heard uh wade barrett say that he was going to be the lone winner in this over-the-top battle royal every man for himself when we get to the end of the night is that definitely going to be the case well you're going to find out right here on this program uh going into the battle royal and i want to thank uh the official news source of the Sunday Night Showdown radio network uh, from Headlocks to Headlines. He's also the guy that uh, provides the Raw recap every week on uh, Wrestling News Live. Uh, Josh Pedra, I believe, posted the recap tonight. And what we have as far as eliminations go, um, start things off, the first elimination, of course, Mark Henry. Uh, The Nexus leaves before the first elimination. They don't go over the top rope, of course. They go through... Uh, I think underneath the bottom or even the second rope, they all go out to the bo- to the uh, to the outside. Mark Henry is eliminated, of course. Uh, the Nexus come in, beat up Mark Henry. Uh, elimination two, we've got Eli Cottonwood, who again is beat up by the Nexus. Elimination number three uh, is is uh, excuse me MVP, and basically this is where the Beatdowns by the Nexus stop as Morrison and uh, Kofi Kingston basically come to MVP's aid. 
I thought at first they had jumped over the top rope, but it looks like they went through the middle rope uh, as Morrison hit a suicide dive, I believe. So this kind of broke things up a little bit. Uh, we go to a commercial break, of course. Uh, once we come back, Joe Henning has been eliminated. Um, basically, the Nexus breaks things up, beats up Husky Harris. Next elimination, uh, Husky Harris is gone, and then Caval. So now it's down to the remaining pros versus the Nexus. And the funny thing to me on this one was that Zack Ryder had the gall to get in the face of these guys and start talking smack and, you know, yelling, woo, woo, woo. And uh, the funny thing is you thought the Nexus was just about to jump him, but from behind, of course, uh, the Miz throwing Zack Ryder over the top rope, uh, Morrison, Kingston, and Cody looking at him saying, what are you doing? You've just made the odds, you know, against us. Uh, of course, Miz attempts at this point in time to align himself with the Nexus. They'll have no part of it. Uh, so the Miz, rather than get a beat down from the Nexus, eliminates himself from the top rope. So this makes it a six on three. We've got Cody. We've got Kingston. We've got Morrison. The funny thing here is Cody's getting the troops riled up, and he's like, all right, let's go get them. Uh, so they all three charge. Cody backs up and sits atop the turnbuckle. Uh, for for the for the remainder of this match, as Kofi and Morrison try hard, very very many times to you know eliminate some of the Nexus was not to be. Uh, John Morrison is eliminated, of course. After that, we've got Kofi. Now we've now it gets funny. We've actually got uh, Cody Rhodes trying to make amends, try to make friends with the Nexus. They'll have no part of it. They beat down Cody and throw him over the top. So in the in the end, right after this happens, the bell rings, and the Nexus basically are declared the winners. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Wade Barrett not say in the clip that I just played you that it would be every man for himself and that he would come out victorious at the end of the night? So the bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, the Nexus is one entity. So there you go. Um, of course, Matt Stryker gets a little ballsy, gets in the ring, and basically wants to know what the uh, reaction is uh, regarding the WWE to the Nexus, and I believe I have that clip for you. And this is the final NXT clip of the night right here on Unplugged. Thinks of the Nexus. Matt Stryker. Striker, I've never had a problem with you before, but I'm not so sure that standing in this ring is the smartest thing you've ever done. So if I were you, I'd back up right now before things turn ugly. Ladies and gentlemen, season one of NXT, I've come back today as the Nexus and prove that we can make a difference here in WWE. Regardless of whether we were labeled rookies or not, what we're doing now is something that you can't understand because it's part of a much, much bigger picture. Wade, with all due respect, are you proud of what you did to John Cena on Monday Night Raw? 
my striker. I'm proud of everything I've ever done in this ring. I'm proud of these men who stand beside me as the Nexus. Because one thing's for certain, you're either Nexus or you're against us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the headline to this story here tonight is the Nexus lays waste to WWE superstars again. This was after Kofi Kingston was eliminated, the Battle Royal was over, Nexus continued to dish out punishment, Wolfpack style, and there you see the 450 from Justin Gabriel, the exclamation point. The Nexus seemed primed and ready for Sunday. What havoc will they wreak? One can only imagine what will happen, what the Nexus has in store. And there you have it. Uh, the Nexus talking, of course. Uh, I heard Sheffield say nobody can stop them. I really love the unity of these guys, and I love the catchphrase. If you're not Nexus, you're against us. I think that works so well. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the NWO and the fact that these guys are doing successful beatdowns uh, of, of the superstars, whether it's on Raw or, or now NXT. So, you know, in that one regard there is a comparison to be made i mean let's face it the nexus is not filled with uh you know former main event stars of another company so you know you can't really compare them too much to the nwo but overall i honestly thought tonight was a good setup uh, going into the pay-per-view they did a good job of promoting money in the bank in the commercial breaks and it's going to be interesting i mean it seemed to me i thought for a brief moment when they started attacking guys like Mark Henry, and knowing that Kofi and Morrison and Cody were all in the Money in the Bank match, wouldn't it have been funny if they would have um, put some kind of a beat down on the rest of these guys that are in this Money in the Bank ladder match and these guys were, say, taken out of the Money in the Bank ladder match because of injuries and who would fill those spots? Well, obviously, you'd probably have to bring some guys from the Nexus to fill those spots. Could have been interesting to see the storyline shift that way, but uh, it did not. And overall, if I had to give this show a grade tonight, I'd give it a B. I think it was a great show, but I didn't think it was a bad show. We had two matches, one of which a 20-man battle royal. The tag match was okay. So overall, my grade for the night of NXT Season 2, this episode, uh, a B. And don't forget, in two weeks, there will be another pros poll and someone is going home someone will in fact be eliminated so without further ado ladies and gentlemen uh i'm done recapping nxt for tonight i do have on the line with me uh he is one of my official news sources right here on the sns radio network uh chris kelly you know him well as Crelly. Crelly, what's going on can you give me a breakdown of the news of the week my friend Okay, quick news of the week. Um, apparently, WWE officials are high on Husky Harris. They, uh, he's been described as kind of a Dusty Road kind of figure, and they believe that he will be um, a star player in years to come in WWE. I have to you know agree. I mean? Yeah, he 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 doesn't he? he does have that unusual look. He's he's not like jacked up. He is kind of like a normal toned person, but he is quite athletic. So. I I think he 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 would do well when he gets into the main roster, but I do believe that he will end up going like the SmackDown because Raw's already pa- pa- uh, jacked pound with, like with uh, 
mid-card talent. So I'd probably see him go to a uh, SmackDown. Now, see, I think I think he would do well on SmackDown. Uh, you know, given the fact that SmackDown is one of those uh, wrestling-heavy shows, there's not a lot of skits and stupid things that they do on SmackDown, which is funny because SmackDown is what they consider the B show. But if you want to catch uh, the best professional wrestling in the WWE on the whole, you're you're going to find it on the SmackDown brand. And I think Husky Harris can go. I mean, despite the fact that he might be a little rotund, he might be uh, a little heavy set. You know, the name's got to go. You've got to bring this kid back to back to his roots. And I think he could be a major player on whatever brand he lands on. And I, I hope it is SmackDown. Well, I'm kind of hoping that, like, if he doesn't win NXT, they they will involve his father. And let's say, this, my son is not Husky Harris. I've legally gone and changed it back to what to whatever his name is. So he kind of uses his father to get back his, his, his real real name or a less a name that, that that does not sound like my dog, to be honest. Um, <laughs> speaking of names, apparently, um, when Brian Danielson signed with with the WWE, he signed away the rights to American Dragon. So he he's currently unable to come to the American Dragon on the on the on the indie scenes. Wow, I mean, but you know what? At the same time, he doesn't have to call himself the American Dragon. I mean, let's not forget the what fifteen weeks that he was on TV. With the WWE, he was made a household name. Whether it was Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, he's been made a household name. So just going out there as Bryan Danielson, the guy that has been uh, you know, cut from the WWE because he's too violent, the guy that chokes people out with a tie and had to be fired because it was against company rules, too violent for the WWE, Bryan Danielson works just as well as the American Dragon ever did. He's more marketable and more well-known at this stage in the game. So I hate to hear that they did take the American Dragon name from him, but it just goes to show you that when he comes back to the company, which I think he's pretty much already, it's a given, he's already back. As soon as that 90 days is up, he's back. I mean, this was such a worked thing. You know, if it was legit, fine. It just seems too convenient to be legit. Yeah, if it if it is legit, when they, they kind of do a uh, a Matt Hardy kind of style return, but like by ha- by having him run in and attack someone, or just having like run out on a main event and cost NXT a belt or a match. Um, in other news, we apparently the Undertaker is touch and go whether he he will be make it back in time for his match or his proposed match with Kane at SummerSlam. Uh, regarding his injury, uh, apparently he's not he's not he- healing up as fast as they thought. So they might end up just putting um, at SummerSlam Kane versus Rey Mysterio versus Jack Swagger if Undertaker does not make it back in time. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I think Taker needs more time off anyway. He just got married. Let the guy enjoy his, uh, you know, let the guy enjoy his honeymoon. Honestly, I I know they want to set up this big SummerSlam match between him and Kane, because we all know that Kane is the one responsible for the Undertaker's new vegetative state, which apparently is called marriage. And uh, that's, that's uh, you know, I, I can I can relate to that. Marriage does that to a person. Um, but, you know, I know the WWE was kind of pissed off when they, when they heard about the photos getting out there. And, you know, they even tried to kayfabe the fact that the Undertaker wanted to go to UFC 116 to support Brock. And... <laughs> And uh, he held off to kind of sell the storyline angle. 
But the shitty thing is the picture circulated, and of course everybody saw that the Undertaker was not in a vegetative state. Or maybe he was yeah. because he was getting married. I don't know. Yeah, that whole thing about him not going to UFC, just they could have done what they do at the Hall of Fame and have him off camera. Like, did he really need to be on camera at UFC? Just ha- have him behind, behind the scenes or off off TV? Well, that's the thing, though, Crelly. Uh, when you're at a place like that, I mean, when the news media is reporting uh, everything, they could give two shits about, you know, if you're trying to stay off camera. You know, if you're there, they're going to focus that camera on you and, and, and put that caption up. It's The Undertaker or whatever. I mean, that's that's just the nature of the beast, man. That's the way they do stuff. Mm. What else do we have here? Um, apparently... Eric Bischoff is set to return at next week's sorry, two weeks t- taping. Uh, as reported like last night, he was basically at home in protest, kind of at um, possibly bringing in Paul Heyman. And it was kind of a uh, if you if he comes in, we're, we're, uh, me and Hulk Hogan are on strike. And so this whole ECW angle, which I which we could talk about because there is some big breaking news coming out of the tapings. But I'm not sure if you want to give out spoilers. I'm fine with spoilers. I know Trey is Trey is not fine with spoilers on Wrestling News Live, but uh, on this show, I'm okay. I, I know that I'm going to be watching Impact this week from what I've heard of it, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. I have no problem with spoilers on this show. Well, th- this week you will see a big uh, attack of ECW. The following week, they, they announced a, the return of One Night Stand, an ECW pay-per-view in TNA. Yes, and it's known as Our Justice. And I was reading this spoilers. Apparently, like Dreamer took a few pot shots at WWE, saying Vince McMahon hauled, like basically hauled out the legacy, and he lied to us and fired us one by one. And apparently, this will just be one massive ECW uh, ran pay per view. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's 2005 all over again, uh, as ECW is set to invade. Uh, TNA at this point in time. So there you go. I know Foley's supposed to be back. Yep, he's back. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I-, I can't wait to see, you know, veterans like the Sandman and Sabu and maybe Balls Mahoney and maybe Axel Rotten. You know, maybe maybe Beulah will, will show up and, and start wrestling for the for the uh, uh, Knockouts Championship, you know. Mm. But in my opinion, they should not. Actually, this should be a final burial of of ECW because they basically say that that WWE hold up hold up the legacy by ha- having a new brand. Now, if you believe the the uh, rumors, TNA will start a new brand of ECW. So, wouldn't that make him basically a hypocrite? Well, yeah, exactly. Did it work in two thousand six when they brought the company back? One by one, things just kind of went downhill. I mean. For a one-night stand pay-per-view, it was fine. To bring back the whole brand on the whole, it wasn't the same ECW. You know, you're never going to duplicate what you had with the original ECW. It was a different vibe. It was a different feel. You know, it just seems to me like TNA thinks that they can not only bring back ECW, but that they can become WCW. And it you can't duplicate either one of those companies it just it, it's it's not going to happen and to answer the chat room uh, apparently they do they do often in in the promo they do refer to it as ecw because i'm not sure because since we did retire it did they retire the rights to, to the name ecw 
Oh no, they sure. they own the rights to ECW. Vince McMahon owns the library. He owns the name. So I don't know what they're trying to pull here. They're going to get fucking sued. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. If they continue to play with fire, you're going to get burned. I mean, TNA's problem is they're not focusing on their own image. They want to be something that they're not. They want to be either ECW or they want to be WCW. Or they want to be a hybrid. I am wondering how many former ECW talent will be contacted by WWE to make sure that they don't go on that on 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 the pay per view. Oh, dude, it's not even. You know what? Vince McMahon's laughing when he reads this shit and hears what TNA is trying to do. He's probably sitting there laughing his ass off. Like, yeah, I'm not going to bother. Mm. Do you, I mean honestly? Do you think do you think this is a threat to him at all? I don't think I do not think that it that it's a long a long time threat. They might for once pop a pretty decent buy rate because if you if you remember back to to two thousand and five, that one night stand did beat WrestleMania in, in buy rates and DVD sales. Right. But I don't see it be, being a long term threat to any WWE product. And, and just reading the chat room, I know that there's there's talk of the impact players, and uh, Randy said that Storm has talked a lot of shit about TNA. I don't know Lance Storm personally. I have met him a few times, but given the fact that he's very vocal on TNA, I don't think that Lance Storm will be making any kind of appearance. He is retired. He is running a wrestling school here in Calgary. I don't see Lance Storm going back for this. It's not going to happen. Just incredible? Yeah, I'm sure he needs it. The last I heard, he was working at the Olive Garden. So if Just Incredible makes some money off this and does well for himself, I'm all for it. Mm. So that would be kind of interesting because the next two weeks of Impact do look pretty decent despite the ongoing struggles backstage. And you know what? As a wrestling fan, do know? Yes, we heard that they that they want to. Um, basically, stop watching stuff so they save money on on on, um, on editing the program. Just go live. If you want, if you want to save money by editing, just go live. Because it's pretty easy to pretty easy and cheaper to go live than it does to pre-tape it. Well, there is a point to be made there, but if Dixie has to have a meeting and telling these guys they need to tighten their work up, then that's got to make me believe that a lot of them. You know, come pay-per-view time, they seem to do pretty well. But to see them, you know, go out and screw up a lot of moves, I can understand why Dixie would say that. But at the same time, man, did she ever piss off the entire locker room. That was probably not the wisest thing to say. Like, I, you know what? I have nothing but the utmost respect for Dixie Carter. But she has got to stop talking. She needs to stop tweeting. She needs to stop Facebooking every five minutes about these big announcements or, you know, these major things that are going to change the company. You know, again, I said this last night on WNL. Dixie Carter suffers from the uh, cry wolf syndrome. TNA has cried wolf so many times that now when they cry wolf, nobody gives a shit. Mm. Yeah, Dixie and TNA do try and um, entertain the, uh, the IWC a bit too much. And they, they like, even if it's for a few months, just do not twi- tweet every five minutes. Just relax, chill, and focus on your product. Because as much as they want to keep the wrestling fans happy, I, sorry, as, as much as they want to keep the internet wrestling fans happy, they need to keep the product happy so the normal fans that don't go on the internet are happy as well. 
Well, yeah, and and not only does she make these, you know, major claims that she has big things in store for the company, but the people that work for her have no idea what's going on. You know, if you're a guy it's like true. AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, you're like, well, what the fuck is she talking about? You even pe- even people that are trying to get into TNA, because I know I do speak to uh, to uh, Shane Martinez on a regular basis, and she basically proposed to reformat LAX, and she was told, well, we don't know what we're going to do yet. So right now, Creative doesn't even know what they're going to do, probably in two weeks' time. They need to get long-term booking in that company to help, because th- this short-term booking doesn't really help at all. Well, I think right now the the people in TNA are probably worried about their jobs more so than anything. So I don't know that they're going to be bringing in new talent uh, aside from this ECW contingent. We'll see how that works out. I mean, the rumor I had heard is they were looking to make their own show on Spike with an ECW uh, contingent. Now, I could almost see that happening if Paul Heyman is given control over an ECW-type company that's not TNA but they, they basically put these two brands on Spike TV. I could almost see something like that happening. But and, and to be honest with you, if that did happen, then the Paul Heyman-run ECW product would do a hell of a lot better than the TNA product. And it would be just a matter of time before Spike TV brushed TNA away. So they really need to think about these things before they, they want to execute these plans. I mean, I would really think about that. Yeah, it- it, it it would be pretty funny if like the the B show that t- takes over the A show that that'd be like I don't know WWE Heat taking over get, getting better better ratings than, than than Raw. So before they shoot themselves in the foot, they need to step back and just see if bringing in Heyman will actually help the company in in uh, in, in in the long run. Because yes, he 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 he's a great book and a great mind, but he might end up actually overbooking this this. Be brand, be be brand, and possibly running against the the, the um, impact in ratings. No, I would agree with that, but I I I just I don't think Heyman's coming in. I'm sorry, I uh, I don't see it. Nah, he, I'm pretty sure he's t- right now. He he's 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 somewhere with, with Paul, uh, sorry with uh, Brock Lesnar throwing a party, getting drunk because they right now they are rolling in the money. Why why would they want to go to a show that draws one million? people to, 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 just under more many people per week when they can make shitloads of money on pay-per-view like every three months on UFC. True that. Now, kind of shifting the focus a little bit, I, I did hear a rumor today, and, and most of you probably uh, saw last night on Monday Night Raw, that Jim Ross was removed from the intro to the show and replaced with Michael Cole. Now... I personally had a problem with that. The, the fact that Jim Ross is working with the WWE and he's not one of these people that ran away and went to TNA or pursued outside projects. The fact that you took him off the intro to the broadcast and let's be honest, people, Jim Ross is the most recognizable name in commentary in professional wrestling today. Preceded by the one and the only Gordon Soley. So, here's the thing. The rumor's going out, and i got to credit WrestleZone for this one. Rumor has it that the reason Jim Ross has been pulled off of the intro is because he is being punished, ladies and gentlemen. Why is Jim Ross being punished? Well, it's funny that you would ask. 
Jim Ross is supposedly, and again, this is a rumor, and I'm addressing it as such, so I don't want anybody you know, going back and posting tomorrow that I'm spreading dirt sheet bullshit. This is a rumor. Um, basically, he's being punished, as the rumor says, for being on camera at UFC 116. He was interviewed, along with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bill Goldberg, and a few others, and he is supposedly in the doghouse because he managed to get interviewed on the broadcast. And that would go along with his with his um, tweet saying that he that, that he had no idea that that he that he was being removed. He tweeted, "Whilst that gym got message, my voice was 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 removed from raw opening. If it matters, it's news to me. Nice nice to be, nice to be informed anyway. Oh well." Well, I mean, let's not forget the WWE has always shit on Jim Ross. And it's always bothered me because Ross is one of my favorite people. Uh, I, I still think to this day that he and Gordon Soley are the two greatest wrestling commentators of all time. And the fact that he has been misused and treated like shit so many times by that company, whether it was when he had his, uh, his surgery and they did the Dr. Heine skit, whether it was... Um, you know, when they basically traded him off to SmackDown and gave him no prior knowledge to that. You know, they have always done things to Jim Ross that has been unflattering. You know, making him kiss Vince McMahon's ass stands out. Mm. And now cutting he him had, off the intro. He has been treated like, 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 like he says, a, a government mule. He's been whipped and whipped and kicked and kicked. And yet when he returns... They they love him and then they kick him again, and yet he just and like I don't think he's he's ever spoke out about about WWE saying how bad it was. No, and, and there's going to come a time when he does finally leave that company, and uh, you know I I for one hope that when he does he lands on his feet. I'm sure Jr. is going to be fine. He's not hurting for money, but I think it's absolutely bullshit that they treat him this way. If he gets released fully from WWE. He will have so many offers, be it from TNA, be it from MMA, be it from college football. There's no way in God's green earth that he will remain unemployed unless he wants to, wants to remain un, unemployed. No, absolutely. I, I just I, I think it's shit, man. I think it is absolute horse shit that you treat one of the guys that you finally inducted into the Hall of Fame alongside Jerry the King Lawler, and this is the way that you profess to, to treat him. And Michael Cole, if you listen to NXT tonight, made reference of the fact that, you know, he's now in the intro, which to me was a big slap in the face. I know he's trying to, to really get over this whole heel character, you know, and it, it's working for him. Mm. Yeah, like, I I really think they should give, they, they should give him a heads up saying, look, we want to make this a new update. Just here's a little heads up. We 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 will be removing you, so we got current announcer on it, not uh, not not yourself. But just do it, just because apparently he was at UFC. Uh, UFC is kind of insulting and stupid to a Hall of Famer. Oh, I'll agree with that. And let's let's see what happens. Apparently, and I'm not sure this this is true, but uh, Tommy Dreamer suffered a torn uh, ALC at the tapings this Monday night in Impact. Who did? It is Tommy Dreamer. Really? Apparently so. Oh, well, that's that's going to do shit for them. 
Mm. And apparently he's he 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 is the one booking the uh him him and Bubba Ray are the one booking the uh East W invasion angle. Well, you know, the thing about Dreamer that I like is he is a he is a very good booker. Mm. Yeah. He he is quite a like he he's quite wrestling knowledgeable and he won't book stuff over the edge. I I'm pretty sure when he was in WWE he was helping booking ECW. And like he was the one that kind of helped Christian become the, the world champion. So let's just hope that um he can book this angle correctly because if done rightly it could it could be a major plus for TNA. No, I agree. Uh hang on just one second, Crilly. Uh we actually have a caller on the line. Welcome to Unplugged, who's this? What's up, guys? This is Tillman Nine Millimeter from the chat room. What's going on? Hey, I can actually hear you this time out, and there's not a lot of static feedback in the background. Welcome to the program. Very good, very good. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm I'm doing good. All good. Um, can I chime in on the JR subject a little bit? Because this is a very sore spot of mine. Yeah, go ahead. Um. And I can use whatever language I want, right? Oh, absolutely. We're not we're not garnered by the FCC. Fuck them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fuck them. We're still free internet radio. I've always thought that it's absolute bullshit the way that they treat him. I mean, the guy has had. I mean, he's been given many forums where he was not employed by the company. That you know, if anybody could tell some bad stories about WWE, you know JR probably could, and he's never done it. He has never said a negative word against them, and what, I think they first hired him in, what, 1995, 1996? So he's got almost 15 years' worth of shit now, you know, that he could pull back on them if he wanted to, and he's never said a bad thing about them. He just, in his own blogs and stuff, he's always polite and everything, and for whatever reason, it seems like any time WWE gets a chance professionally or uh, on TV, they just fucking take an absolute shit on the guy. Other than inducting him into uh, the Hall of Fame, they've really never done anything, you know, for him. And I, I don't get it. I don't know. It's it, to me. I mean, I, I I've heard various theories, and I've heard Dre Dog's theory on it. I, to me, I think it almost goes back to one of those things where Vince McMahon feels like that there's nobody really bigger than him, and he just wants to make sure that uh, the JR never reaches that place, you know, where he could be more, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but basically that no one's bigger than uh, Vince McMahon or WWE or whatever, and it's like it's just a way for him whenever he gets a chance to, uh, you know, knock the guy down and kick him when he's down and whatever, and I, I don't understand why, because it's like, when you think of these guys that have worked for Vince in the past, um, you know, that has sued him, uh, Sable, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, and he's hired them back, and he's demeaned them a little bit, but I don't know. I, I haven't seen a lot of his employees, um, to be honest with you guys, long-term employees that have gotten... On camera and professionally, and still kept their jobs. Much worse treatment than he's given Jr. Well, the thing about Jim Ross is he's he's a class act. Uh, you know, he's not out there, you know, dogging the company. And you know, he started his tenure in the company in '93 uh, at WrestleMania nine. And the thing okay, is, yep, that's right. Right after that, I'm talking within a couple of months of him being on the broadcast, he was fired for the first time by Vince McMahon. 
Uh, he mm-hmm. was he was brought back to the company, and he did solo play-by-play for the King of the Ring 1993 because Vince was involved with the whole steroid scandal. Weren't, uh, wasn't Savage or Bobby the Brain or somebody out there with him at that time? I, I think it might have been the Brain. It might it might have even been Savage, but I know Vince was gone. He was going through the whole legal battle with uh, with the U.S. government over the steroids. And, you know, Jr. has made mention to that uh, a few times, of course, in 96 when he brought out uh, Razor and Diesel, which, which, which is funny since I just had Rick Titan on the show this past Sunday night on Sunday Night Showdown. Um, when he brought those two out, he basically kind of ran down a history of the company of all the times that he had been fired by the company and, and brought up the steroid scandal, of course. And, you know, he had been fired again previous to that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy that, you know, he's probably been fired six, seven, eight times by the WWE. And uh, I, don't, um, I don't remember for sure. Do you remember why they fired him the, uh, the first time? I don't think that was illness-related when they fired him in, uh, what was it, uh, 94 or 95, I believe. That, uh, I think it might have been, it was either late 1993 or early 1994 when they let him go the first time. Do you guys know what the reason was for that? I don't think that was illness related. No, it was. They it, just let him go for some reason. It was. It was early '93 because, like, he debuted at WrestleMania and then he was gone for a little bit, and then they brought him back for uh, for the King of the Ring. So we're talking a span of a couple months after he joined the company, as far as as far as I know. I I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure that, that was the first time he was fired. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I I think that. You know, maybe there might have been some uh, personal jealousy. As you know, Vince McMahon was uh, one of the marquee announcers for a long time in the WWE prior to Jim Ross coming on board and, uh, you know, doing a very good job. I mean, you know, uh, who could forget Vince McMahon's commentary? Oh, my God, what a move. I've never seen anything like that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, well, and if uh, if I remember right, at that time, I think in 1993, wasn't uh, wasn't Jim Ross doing commentary for uh, for superstars for a while? If I remember right, I, I you know what I you know, I think you're right. Vince had that spot for years, but I think uh, I think during the uh, the whole steroid thing, I think Jr. might have taken it over for a little bit. Yeah, I I think that's what it was. Maybe they didn't actually fire him at that point. They just took him off the uh, the Raw broadcast and put him on something else maybe that was the case like i said I, I i could be wrong but i was under the impression he was fired in 93 after he was hired but uh maybe that's exactly what it was i don't know i just i never heard an official reason for that one i just remember i i was young at the time i just remember reading uh, wwf magazine as it was called back then and they just had a brief little write-up in there that uh, jim ross and the company have parted ways or whatever and then he comes back a couple years later and uh, then he had his bout with Bell's palsy, and they let him go again. I don't know. I mean, I think Jim Ross is one of those people that um, I think he's got his own business ventures and everything. He's independently wealthy, so he probably doesn't really necessarily need the job. But at the same time, I don't know. I guess it's maybe a consistent paycheck for him or something like that. I I don't know. This this last time baffled me. I, I was really surprised that uh, that he went back there. I know that uh, that he talked to Dixie Carter, and I, you know, who knows? Maybe he's taken out. It. 
I think maybe at this time my theory would be maybe he's taken out of the intro because he had talks with Dixie Carter. I mean, I, I don't really know. Well, I mean, that's that's smart to, you know, shop around and see what you can get. I mean, Jim Ross is a guy that I think still has a lot of commentary left in him. You know, still the best mm-hmm. guy in the business for that. So for him to go around and see if he can get another deal that's comparable to what he has uh, with the WWE, to me, is a great idea. I'll be real honest. I really wish JR would have left the WWE. I didn't want him to go to TNA. I'm going to be real honest right there. Didn't want to see that happen. He'd get lost in the shuffle between Taz and Tanae. Not a big fan of Tanae. Never have been, never will be. I'm not saying the guy sucks because, you know, I have done wrestling announcing same as Tanae and same as Taz. I know what it's like. It's not an easy job. So I'm not going to sit here and critique them and say that they suck. I respect them for what they do. But I think Jim Ross, and hear me out here, would have been a valuable asset to a company like Ring of Honor. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I mean, you you put an established name like him with a company like that, and oh, yeah, very much so. Um, I wouldn't have minded seeing him go to TNA. Um, My concern, and I wonder if it maybe would have been with his as well, is that, you know, he could sign up with this company, get this huge deal, and that company, we'll be honest here, guys, that company could realistically go out of business within the next year or two. Yeah. So, I mean, there, you know, all all of a sudden, here's this guy that's getting ready to settle into his golden years, and he signs his contract with this company, and the company goes out of business, and all this money that he thought he was going to get is all null and void. You know, so I, I wonder if that was maybe something that uh, maybe was factored in there with his decision to stay with WWE. You know what? Maybe maybe that, that's a good point to consider, but I think that had Jim Ross signed with ROH, it would have brought a lot of the casual wrestling fans that watch WWE over to Ring of Honor. To You know, the people that have, have followed Jim Ross, you know, for the, for the remainder, or for I guess for the, the duration of his career, can't spit that out tonight. Uh, I think would have probably followed him over to Ring of Honor and would have given that product a chance because Jim Ross going back to his roots, calling professional wrestling, not sports entertainment, not, you know, scripted fucking sketch shows would have been a good move uh, for that company. It would have been JR kind of giving back to the business that made him a name. And I think he would have elevated that company in a lot of ways. And it probably could have led to them getting some type of TV deal. But you know, maybe I, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. I, I do tend to to think too much and overanalyze things, and sometimes I think too big. But I, I just I think that had he went to Ring of Honor, it would have benefited that company greatly. Well, I don't really. I mean, personally, I, I don't really know as wrestling fans what you guys think about this, but I I know that I've seen a lot of matches on DVDs and you know stuff from archives and just stuff that I remember from the past where. Uh, a match can be really good, but boring commentary can totally kill it. Um, I, I don't mean to dog them because they can be good at times, but like, say, for instance, a commentary team of, say, Super Billy Graham and Lord Alfred Hayes. That's kind of, they're not, uh, again, not, nothing against them as professionals. I mean, they're both very talented at what they do, but you put them together and, you know, uh, a dark match on a DVD or something like that. I, I don't know. I guess the point that um, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of making is like, um, like you were saying, take a product like uh, like ROH 
and uh, put Jim Ross's voice behind it, and I agree completely. I think it would get, uh, I think it'd get a lot of people interested in the product. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got a name like Ross, a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's not like they can take the Hall of Fame back. You know, he's already done that. He's got nothing else to prove. I know that he still wants to announce whether it's, you know, mixed martial arts. I mean, who knows? He might at some point decide to go back to sports casting. I mean, he did that briefly for a time for the Atlanta Falcons before he even signed with World Wrestling Entertainment in 93. And to see him go back to any type of sports casting would be a, a step above what they have him doing. I know he's enjoying working uh, behind the scenes with the young talent, probably helping give them uh, you know, pointers on, on what they need to go out and do in the ring. I mean, let's not forget Jim Ross for a long time was the VP of talent relations, the job now that uh, Johnny Laurinaitis, Johnny Ace, holds. And uh, the reason he was taken out of that position was because he wanted to move from Stanford, Connecticut, back to Oklahoma. I don't know. Maybe it's just, uh, I don't know, and I could be totally wrong, but I... Vince McMahon, just based on what I I know of him, he he just kind of strikes me as probably one of those employers that if you do, I don't even want to say if you piss him off, but if you do anything that he doesn't like, maybe necessarily, and you're not, you know, one of those people that, uh, uh, I don't know how I put this, say, uh, take Hulk Hogan, for instance, you know Hulk Hogan pissed Vince McMahon off, I mean, majorly. But Hulk Hogan was able to build a, a big enough of a name that he could do that, and Vince would hire him back because he knows that he could still make money off of that name. Um, but he would still, you know, he'd still take his digs at him, and he'd still degrade him a little bit. And, you know, finally when Hogan would decide that he wasn't getting enough money or he didn't like the way that his character was being portrayed or whatever... He could just up and quit, and that would be that. I mean, I think we saw that happen a couple times. Whereas uh, Jr., I think, um, my opinion, I think Jr. is basically a company man. I mean, he does a he does a damn good job at what he does. Um, I agree with uh, with you, and that I think he probably is the best uh, sports announcer, or well, I shouldn't say sports wrestling announcer, next there with Gord, uh, with Gordon Soley. But he's you know. He, he's professional. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't try to, uh, oh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. He, he doesn't try to, to play dirty um, uh, from a business standpoint, whereas, you know, someone like a Hogan or a Piper or someone like that I think probably would. And I don't know. I think this is just the way that Vince thanks him for that. Takes advantage of him basically because he knows that he can, because he's got him under contract or whatever. He can use him however he wants, basically, bottom line. Uh, I just want to clarify. I noticed there's some talk in the chat. Uh, Tonio's asking why Ross is supposedly being punished. It's not so much that he showed up on camera for UFC 116. It's that he was interviewed after the event. Uh, I played that promo, or excuse me, I played that interview, I believe, last week on Wrestling News Live. Go back and listen to that uh, episode and you'll you'll hear what he had to say in regards to Brock Lesnar. That is the reason that the rumor has spread that he is being punished by the WWE for showing up on camera and uh, cutting an interview in regards to Brock Lesnar. And that is basically the gist of the story. Again, just a rumor. Um, it's not, as far as I know, been verified, but it is the rumor making the rounds, and I wanted to address it. 
I heard a far out one on that note. This is um, this is strictly rumor as well. I can't even quote you the website that I pulled this from, um, but it was expanding on that. It was saying that um, supposedly they were upset because he showed up on camera and didn't wear his cowboy hat. <laughs> wow. I guess, strictly rumor, but that's... I, I don't like I say I can't even quote the website that I pulled that from, but I I did hear that as well. Well, maybe it's the fact he didn't wear the hat. Maybe it's the fact that when he cut the interview, he didn't say it was a slobber knocker, and he didn't uh, you know pull out any wrestling terms. Maybe, maybe that's why he's being punished because he wasn't being Jr. the character that the WWE was expecting to see. Maybe that is it in its entirety, ladies and gentlemen. But again. I don't know the facts. This is just a rumor that we're speculating on and giving our unvarnished opinions on what we think of that particular rumor. And uh, if it is, in fact, true, it's pretty shitty on the WWE's part. Pretty shitty indeed. He didn't say that UFC 116 looked like a beer fight in the stogie. <laughs> and he maybe, didn't. He didn't. Maybe that's, maybe that's a hit. And he wasn't on camera saying, my God, he's got a family, damn it. Shane Carwin's got a family. It's like a train wreck on I-95. Oh, my God. <sighs> Folks, you better, put the, you better put the kids to bed. This is heinous. This is absolutely heinous right here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know, man. Either way, it, it's pretty shitty. I uh, I don't know what else it to is. say about it, man. I, 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 I love Jim Ross, man. He, he's a great guy. I've met him once or twice class act all the way and whatever jim does and wherever he goes whether he stays with the e whether he goes somewhere else i just want jim ross to continue doing what he does and that's entertaining the people that support him yeah i mean i hope um you know i i follow uh jr's barbecue sauce uh his website his blogs and stuff I hope when he says that he's not personally affected by some of the uh, the on-air digs that uh, that WWE's done to him, I I really hope that that is true. No, me too. Me too. So is there? All any... right, guys. All right, Pillman. Thanks for giving us a call in tonight, man. Not a problem. Not a problem. Good show, and I'll talk to you guys later. All right, Pillman. Thanks, uh, Crelly. Are you still with me? All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just. I was just sitting back and, and, and enjoying the Jim Ross talk. And <laughs> if, if, if it's true that he got removed because of being on UFC, well, Vince McMahon is going even more uh, mad each and every day. Well, it's petty, man. It's petty. If that is, in fact, the reason, it's pretty fucking petty. But uh, is there anything else you have before we uh, we actually take the first commercial break of the night? Um, First thing, apparently, our term shooting Star KO is going over well with the, um, I, with the IWC. Um, I t- I tweeted it and it, and then it got retweeted by um Big Exigil Jackson. So he he like he likes the term sh- uh, shooting star KO. And also possibly and this is and this will kind of lead into the the, game, the, the video gaming part of the of the uh, show. I am possibly going to be going into game development at college next year, and this would lead me going up to working with Codemaster. Oh, that's excellent news, Krelly. So I might be working with Codemaster later this year. Very cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, as far as what was I going to say? As far as the shooting, uh, shooting Star KO, fucking yeah. beautiful move. That oh, that, that was a moment last night, and that's that's going to be a highlight reel from now 
till the day that Randy Orton, when he gets his retirement speech at the Hall of Fame, that's going to be the highlight that's going to just you know go out there uh, f- from now till the end of time. Beautiful, beautiful RKO. That that really could have been a, a finish for a match on a pay per view. Like if if Orton was world champion and and it was Aaron Bourne challenging him for for a title, that would have been a fantastic finish to any, any title match. Well, you know, you, you go back to the uh, the Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle match some years ago when he botched the Shooting Star Press. WrestleMania twenty nineteen. No, it was nineteen. Was it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so when when Brock Lesnar decided to do a. Uh, Commit suicide with the botched shooting star press. Yes, when he botched it really badly and landed on his big head, and uh, you know, and then I, bounced. Oh, I know. <laughs> that was awful because you had Kurt Angle with a broken neck wrestling the match with a broken neck, and then you had Brock Lesnar hitting this failed attempt at a shooting star and damn near breaking his neck. He was actually out cold there for the duration of that match. But uh, could you imagine? Uh, say if it was Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar, and Randy Orton hit the RKO, that would be that would be that that would be epic. That's like, a moment. Not, if if Randy Orton ever gets released from from WWE, TNA sign him and just put him in the exhibition and just have have him hit RKOs at random set spots. Just just an idea. No, I I <laughs> I have to agree. Uh, but Crelly, you got anything to plug before we head out of here? Um, apart from from headlines dot com, no, not really. Going to go back and play some Red Dead and get my damn zebra horse. All right, cool, cool. And uh, again, guys, Chris Kelly, we all know him as Crelly, right here on the SNS Radio Network from Headlocks to Headlines dot com. He's going to be joining me each and every week now as we run down the big news stories of the week right here on this program. So, uh, Crelly, good job on the first official uh, from Headlocks to Headlines story or news of the week right here on unplugged thank you i salute you sir all right guys with that said we're going to hit our first commercial break of the evening i'll come back bring on the sensational sean i know he's got some video game talk to do i know he's got a review something about doing a lot of crack i don't know we're gonna have to find out what's going on with sean these days but we'll be right back with more unplugged right after this Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. 
such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. Okay, welcome. Uh, is there anything I can get you before we start? Glass of water? You may juice? dispense with the pleasantries. Okay, great. Tom Tom, Darth Vader, take one. At the end of the road, turn round. Okay, I'm going to stop you. The line is at the end of the road, turn right. That is what I said. Terrific. So let's just try it again. Uh, Tom Tom voice, Darth Vader, take two. At the end of the road, turn round. At the end of the road, turn round. Let's just go forward. Okay, we're at page five. Page five? I'm sorry, page seven. We're at page seven. I don't have a page seven. You have reached your destination. Is there any way you could breathe a little quieter? What do you mean, quieter? This is how I breathe. Please take the third exit on the roundabout. It's roundabout. Correct. Roundabout. You're saying roundabout. It's roundabout. Is there any way you can make it sound a little less depressing? Exit right ahead. Don't force it. Just make it sound natural. You should have seen his face when I told him I was his father. I told my son, who did not know that I was his father, that I was his father. Yeah, and she, there's a twin sister involved. Ah. Here it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Round a bound. Round a bound. You know what? Let's move forward. That's fine. Silence. Round a bound. It's about being around. Don't underestimate the power of the dark hey, side. Dum 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 da dum dum da dum 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 da dum. JJ's His charm is so contagious. 
vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... JJ The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Right here on Unplugged, of course, it is me, Mr. Money on the Mic, the most interesting man in the world, J.J. Sexay, and I'm not alone, ladies and gentlemen, bringing, uh, bringing to the program a little bit of video game news, a little bit of video game talk, and uh, hopefully he's putting the crack down. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, the sensational Sean. What's going on tonight, man? How's it going, man? I'm... Uh... I'm doing okay. I'm coming off another 13-hour workday today, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of here, kind of not, but I'm awake as best as I can. Um, just paying attention to the chat room for a second. That Crowley talked about uh, how uh, English accents in America are easy lays for those guys. I have to say that's actually a accurate theory, as uh, the Royal Marines are currently in the uh, Camp Lejeune doing. Uh, temperature uh temperature training since we're extremely hot right now in north carolina they decided to come here to do some training on the beaches and all that and all i've seen is the brit the royal marines i see four of them and there's at least 20 girls around every single one of them and i'm kind of like okay where's my english accent and how can i get it just you know hang out with crelly for a week or listen to crelly talk a lot and uh you know you're good to go it's it's not well, hard you know, to I'll do a, shoot a, an English before that happens, <laughs> and you just won't get laid for that. There you go. I'll I'll be fine with that then. Um, yeah, we got some uh, gaming news tonight. We got a review of some game that apparently I've got 
to wipe this white stuff off my nose for. Um, so yeah, it should be uh, should be some fun. Let's get into uh, some video game news before we uh, we jump into that review of that crack game, which I keep seeing um, one one of the Comedy Central characters in my head every time I see it. So um, first thing is. Uh, possible Arkham Asylum sequel names were dropped in a domain registration. Um, some of these actually sound really good. Um, let's see. I'll go through a few of them. Uh, one of them is City of Arkham. Stop Mayor Sharp. Uh, some of these are just domain names that have been registered. Um, so they're, they're definitely not going to be sequel names. But sequel names might include... Um, Arkham City, New Arkham, Rise of Arkham. Uh, there was a new one called uh, Gotham Asylum that was uh, being thrown around. I mean, some of these are really cool. Um, Batman Ashes of Gotham, Batman Broken Ground, Batman Siege of Gotham, Batman State of Villainy. I mean, these are some really good names that could be considered sequel names. And I mean, if I if I had to choose, um, Rise of Arkham would be a really good title. I, w- I was but just some- I was just fixing to say, of all the ones you've just read, I like Rise of Arkham and I like Ashes of Gotham. Those are the two that really stand out that I think would really work for this sequel, in my opinion. Well, the sequel is supposedly going to. One of the rumors for the sequel is supposedly going to run around Warden Sharp, uh, the warden who was in the. Uh, who apparently, his first name might be Warden. I'm not entirely sure, um, but uh, he he is running for mayor, and the sequel might run around that. I'm not entirely sure, um, but uh, some of the. One, two of these actually tie in with that. One is called StopMayorSharp.com and PeopleForGotham.com. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, this is getting, sounding really cool. Uh, another is WarInGothamCity.com and Where'sBruceWayne.com. So apparently Bruce Wayne has disappeared. Don't know where Bruce Wayne is, but Batman's running around. So maybe we're going to have a kidnapping angle. This was announced yesterday, July 12th, so two days ago. Uh, Lucha Libre, have you heard about that? Uh, Lucha Libre AAA, AAA has been delayed. Oh, no. Say it's not happening. Originally set for release on August 9th, Lucha Libre AAA Heroes of the Ring has been delayed until October 12th, 2012. I mean, 2010, excuse me. I'm so sorry. 2010. (laughs) 2012. I tell you what, uh, looking at what I've seen of the gameplay of this game, it looks a lot like TNA Impact. I mean, and I'm talking complete graphics. It's it's got the Unreal Engine is what it looks like to me. Not only that, it also looks like it has the same stupid sounder that they had in TNA Impact when you would hit a counter. You know, the... Dun, dun. It's not it's not quite that overly obnoxious, but there is a sound that the game makes when you pull off a, uh, a sounder. So maybe they should go back to the drawing board and maybe delay it till 2012 where they can get a better game engine. I, maybe it's just me, but 
I don't want to play TNA Impact Lucha Libre. It's it's just not something. And if it is moved back to October 2010, well, it just kind of basically went off of my list of things to buy. Because October is going to be a stacked month with the Force Unleashed 2 and SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. I can't see getting any more games than those two in October. So, Lucha Libre, if you're delayed and you are the Impact Engine, guess I'm going to have to pick you up next year. For uh, 20 since bucks. you made a comment about SmackDown vs. Raw, I had to get up and grab my Game Informer for a second. Um, the new Game Informer came out this week. And I just got it, and on the cover is something you definitely, I, I sent you a message about this, and I definitely think you're interested. Uh, on the cover is the announcement of Dragon Age 2. Yeah, I, I heard about this. It looks like they're trying to, to sway this toward like a more Mass Effect-oriented game, where you're not yeah. going to have different classes. You're going to have either a male or a female uh, human character to choose from, so... You know what? I'll be real honest. A lot of people didn't like the combat in Dragon Age. I, for one, thought it was pretty basic, standard RPG stuff, and I was fine with it. But if they're going to take it to the next level and try to be like Mass Effect 2, then uh, I'm all for it. And I can't wait to see how this game's going to play out. I need to get my ass back onto my Dragon Age because I still haven't beat that game. And I'm pretty close to the end. And I just have been so busy with other things, with obviously E-Fed things and... New games that have come out. I'm still in a process right now playing Red Dead Redemption, and I'm pretty close to beating that as it stands. So I'm just too busy to play all these damn games all the time. <laughs> yeah, I've got to get back into it. Um, it also, in the, the New Game Informer, they talk about E3. They get really in-depth into the E3 stuff. Well, one of the articles actually encompasses about, uh, looks like 30 pages uh, yeah, I'm counting down pages. Encompasses page 58 to 95. Um, what this is, is the E3 Hot 50 games that were announced are shown. Um, number one was Portal 2, which I completely agree. Portal 2 looks absolutely amazing. But um, getting back into the higher numbers, number 43 happened to be WWE All-Stars. Now, for Game Informer to put this in their list is pretty high because Game Informer really isn't that high on wrestling games, it seems, sometimes. So it was really cool to see All-Stars put in here and actually have a nice section where it talks about it. And, I mean, it's got The Rock and John Cena. I mean, it's it looks good, but it's just one of those things where I'm kind of like, why do they have to look like that? Well, you know what, though? I think it's going to be a fun game. Kids are going to want to play it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what the characters look like. And for them to put it on that list like that, then that's telling me that somebody enjoyed the gameplay of it. And as long as it's not Mortal Kombat, we're fine. Yeah, um, getting to some of these numbers, uh, number 31 happened to be the new Red Faction game that was uh, just announced, Red Faction Armageddon. Uh, looks really good. It looks like they're going back to the old style Red Faction where uh, you're underground instead of up on the surface of Mars. You're underground instead. So that's looking really good. Um, number thirty is possibly the game you're looking forward to. You're looking forward to the most Star Wars: The Force Unleashed two. So 
apparently, um, part of the storyline is uh, they, they say in the first game, Starkiller hunted the last of the Jedi. Throughout the majority of this sequel, he is being chased by Vader's army. So there's part of your storyline, so it's pretty cool. Um, number 25 is Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, 24 and 23 are both uh, two of the top shooters coming out. 24 is Medal of Honor, and 23 is Call of Duty Black Ops. Uh, let me see. Let me get a little further in. For Josh Pedra, um, number 18 is Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds. Thought you might enjoy knowing that. Uh, 15 was Donkey Kong Country Returns, which I don't know why. Um, number 9 was Halo Reach, uh, which looks absolutely amazing, and I've already put on pre-order. Um, number 8 is Mortal Kombat, which is looking absolutely gorgeous. Uh, have you seen any new screens on this? Uh, I've seen a couple. I haven't seen anything lately, but uh, what I did see of it, it looked fucking fantastic. Um, some of the pictures they have here are uh, apparently throughout the, the fight, your character will show damage on his body. Uh, one picture is Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. On Sub-Zero's leg, there's like a huge gash in his leg, and you don't even know how he's standing. I mean, it looks really cool, so I'm really curious on the, how, that, uh, how that'll look. Uh, let's see what we got. Number five is Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is looking really good. Can't wait. Number three is The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Number two is Dead Space 2. Um, I am really looking forward to Dead Space 2. It is looking absolutely gorgeous. It was one of the scariest games I played uh, last year. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting my hands on that. And that's top 50 of uh, E3. They graded E3 conferences pretty uh, pretty good this year. I will, I will say I'm not, I'm not agreeing with them, but I'm me and they're them. They get paid to do this. So uh, they gave Microsoft a C-plus in their grading. They gave Sony a B-plus in the grading. And then Nintendo got an A-minus. I agree with that one. Yeah. Nintendo brought it this year, so I'm I'm happy with that. So I'm definitely uh, enjoying. And actually, they have uh, an article in here about the 3DS, along with uh, some of the titles that are actually coming to the 3DS. And looking through this, uh, Nintendo has Star Fox 64 3D. Um, Namco Bandai has Dragon Ball and a Pac-Man game coming out. Uh, Harmonix is coming as has an untitled music game coming out, which I really don't know why they're pushing that crap anymore. Um, Capcom has Super Street Fighter 4 3D Edition. Uh, Ubisoft has uh, Assassin's Creed Lost Legacy, mm -hmm. Driver Renegade, Ghost Recon, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. So I mean, there's five four four games there that I'm pretty much going to pick up a 3DS for just to play because 3DS alone looks like it's going to be an extremely amazing device. And Warner Brothers is bringing the Lego franchise to the 3DS. So that's... 
I'm thoroughly happy with the 3DS, and I will definitely be buying one as soon as I uh, as soon as they're released. And that was like all the information really from uh, Game Informer that I could find in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, it looks like everything. Um, I know they're they got an article in PC Gamer about uh, StarCraft II, which comes out on 27th of this month. I will have a review. I will have a review of that the next week because we can believe that I will be hooked to my computer by IV fluid to play that game. And uh, you probably won't even hear hear from me for a week until I get done playing that game. So uh, you um, know what? I can believe that. Now I don't know if I don't know if you forgot, but there there was something announced last week after the show aired. That we need to bring up, and it's it's very important, especially for fans of Red Dead Redemption, like myself, and of course uh, uh, Crelly, and you know half the people listening to this show, whether it's archive or live, and that is of course the DLC coming out for Red Dead Redemption. Do you have any of? I don't have the news story in front of me, but there are four DLC packs they're going to be coming out this year, and one of which, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm assuming this is coming out in October in the fall. Zombies. We got zombies in the Wild West. Can you believe it? Zombies. I knew at some point they would be bringing it up. Um, I had the story, so let me find I know, it. I know one of the packs basically deals with uh, characters from uh, Red Dead Revolver that you're going to be able to. I know that there's a new weapon that is the Tomahawk, which uh, that's going to be epic. I love throwing knives. I don't know how many times I've knifed Canadian Horseman's horse and killed it. Or Sean, for that matter. There's been a couple times I've knifed his yeah, ass and yeah. killed him. But uh, good times. Um, I got it up. Uh, we'll, I'll go down the full thing. Uh, the first pack, which is coming out next month, August 2010, uh, is Legends and Killers. Uh, and it'll have nine new multiplayer map locations, eight new mul- multiplayer caps, Characters, excuse me, including some from Red Dead Revolver, which JJ just mentioned. Uh, new project, projectile weapon, the Tomahawk, with corresponding multiplayer and single-player challenges, new achievements, and trophies. Uh, that's the first one. It's going to come out August 20th. Sean, did you just get Skype and death dropped? Yep, looks like I lost, uh, I lost Sean to Skype, so he'll call back. But while he's calling back, I will kind of look in the chat room. Somebody basically had it. The first pack, and I want to thank Snapdragon for putting this up. Um, Legends and Killers will be out this coming August. It adds new multiplayer characters and weapons. The series of packs will culminate sometime this fall with the release of the Undead Nightmare Pack, which adds new single-player quests. So that is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait for the Red Dead Redemption pack to come back in as maybe I will just go ahead and call Sean because he's probably still talking thinking that he is on the line ladies and gentlemen that's just how things happen here you know it's kind of crazy are you serious yeah you just got SDD'd what what the fuck happened I don't know I was talking I I don't know That's awesome. Um, oh, I had, I just had it up. Uh, how far did I get? Um, 
let me see. I think you were just about to announce the first one, uh, Legends and Killers, August 2010. <sighs> wow. 800 Microsoft points coming in at 999. Yeah, let, uh, adds nine new multiplayer map locations, eight new multiplayer characters, including some from Red Dead Revolver, a new projectile weapon called the Tomahawk. Um, the next one is Liars and Cheats, uh, which is a launch date to be determined. I'm going to keep the little Skype screen up on the right side, so I know if I get dropped again. Um, Liars and Cheats, which is a launch date to be determined, 800 points. Uh, it has attack and defend multiplayer competitive mode and challenges a new multiplayer horse race with mounted combat. Play as the heroes and villains of Red Dead Redemption as well as eight new multiplayer characters. Uh, multiplayer versions of Liars, Dice, and Poker from the single player game and a new weapon called the Explosive Rifle with corresponding multiplayer and single player challenges. I'm really liking this pack because of the fact there's a multiplayer version of Liars, Dice, and Poker which would be really fun to play with a lot of people because you, you get to see how other people play the game um, while they're enjoying uh, the single-player action. Um, the next pack is called Free Run. Actually, actually, hold on, hold on. I love that idea. I love the fact that you, me, Snake, Horseman, you know, Deadeye can all be sitting around the table playing liar's dice and you motherfuckers can piss me off i'll leave the game and just fucking shoot every goddamn one of you i love that <laughs> idea i think it's priceless it, it yeah, brings we'll back poker. it brings back the feel of the old west yeah we'll play poker and i'll uh, and jj will put up a stake of sns and i'll and i'll win it and fire everybody except for jj and trey yes it'll be great <laughs> Moving on to the free roam pack you were talking about. Uh, free roam, which is a launch date to be determined, price to be determined. So they haven't fully decided on this one if it'll be free or if it's going to be, uh, it's going to cost something. Uh, it's additional free roam challenges, uh, new action area and defensive placements, which means uh, like the fortress, you can go and defend the fortress and shoot people. Uh, used cannons or whatever. Uh, there'll be a posse scoring and leaderboard and a new anti-griefing measure in free roam, which I don't really care about since I'm not in free roam most of the time. Um, the next one is the one JJ was talking about earlier, uh, the Undead Nightmare, which is a launch date to be determined, but it's going to cost 800 Microsoft points. Uh, $10 either way. Uh, new single player adventure challenges and quests, which means they're adding, this is an expansion pack, or the DLC that's going to add to the first player game. Um, there you've already decided that. Eight new multiplayer zombie characters, additional animals to hunt, and new dynamic events and more. Let me, let me emphasize this. The and more is in quotation marks. So something's going to happen. They're going to add something in here that we're not even going to expect. So I'm pretty sure this will be... Uh, that pack will be pretty major. Uh, when it comes out, I'm hoping but, that uh, I'm hoping the undead pack has like uh, all the main characters from the game that you kill off, like Dutch and uh, Williamson and uh, what's his name, the the Mexican guy Escobar or whatever the hell his name is. I don't remember, but I'm, I'm hoping all the the people that you have killed, because for me that would be fucked up. Because I think I've killed in free roam. I I have literally put the mask on and killed everyone in the single-player, you know, montage as they come along and stole their money. I mean, I just, I love the bandana, that it doesn't get you any negative honor, and it doesn't really affect your gameplay when you do it. 
you know, you're, you're still obviously hunted down by the uh, by the law. But I, I would literally just ambush people and stagecoaches and just take whatever I wanted. And you know, I I just I love this game. You know, the fact that you're going to be playing this game for the rest of the year, thanks to all this stuff, is is a detriment to this game standing out. And I can't wait for uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. There's um, to go along with all of this. There's the rumor has come out that Rockstar is now currently possibly working on the next Grand Theft Auto. Um, it's a rumor. It's not to be taken. It's to be taken with a grain of salt, basically. Um, Please go back but, to Vice City. Please go back to Vice City. That was my um, favorite Grand Theft Auto. I loved Vice City. There was also talks of remaking Vice City and San Andreas uh, for the Xbox 360. Um, to add stuff to it to make downloadable content, uh, there were there was there were talks of that. So I'm really curious to see if any of these come out to be true. Um, I'm pretty sure by next year's E3, we'll have one of these rumors will be uh, added, and we will find out. We may even find out near the holiday season that they're taking pre-orders for Grand Theft Auto V. So we will find out what happens and uh i can't wait to hear what happens um i got one more news story uh ed boone who was the creator of um mortal kombat get over here uh and actually said that there was a co-op game that was actually in the works and they canceled it uh, when they finished Shallon Monks, they wanted to do another game like it called Fire and Ice. It was going to be a co- cooperative Scorpion and Sub-Zero game. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how that would work, as in the canon storyline is Sub-Zero's brother was killed by Scorpion. So they hate each other. So how can you team with someone? Oh, wait, didn't Seamus and John Cena just do that? Never mind. Cannon's out the window. <laughs> um, but um, it was canceled a little bit after they they uh, they kind of talked about it, and they went on to make some other Mortal Kombat game. I don't remember what, so doesn't doesn't matter to me. Um, so oh well, that's uh, that's it for the news. Now it's time for the review where I gotta wipe the white stuff from my nose and talk about the game Crackdown. Sean, put the crack down, man. Put the crack down, Sean. Yeah, Step already, away already from the, the crack. I already talked about the blockbuster. Um first thing out of the gate, crackdown two is repetitive. Um it's massively repetitive. Um, the only thing I found thoroughly enjoyable in the game was the hunting the orbs. Uh, you've got the agility orbs, you have driving orbs, uh, you have renegade orbs. Um, what's really cool is about, about those three in a, individual is the fact that you have to find the agility orbs. you got to climb different things to get to them. Um, for the renegade agility orbs, you have to jump. Um, to make a comment about the chat room, Tony, yes, I did cry during Deadliest Catch. I will talk about that in a few minutes. Um, 
back to Crydown 2, for the Renegade Agility Orbs, you have to r- chase after a Agility Orb that is going around different places. Um, it's really crazy because some of these are really fast. Um, it's really hard to uh, get some of them sometimes. It just depends on how far your agility is built up. I got to agility level 5, and I was jumping extremely high. I was... Um, jumping pretty far at the same time i was running fast i mean it was really cool to be able to do that but it doesn't really help you out in the game itself because i beat the game on agility level two and it didn't really help out um there is no storyline basically to the game the only thing that the story the only story that's in the game is you're an agent you have to Activate these beacons, which gets rid of this virus called the Freak Virus, which changes citizens into these zombie-like freaks at night that uh, can do all these different things. Uh, There's some that are like uh, tanks from Left 4 Dead, where they're they're just uh, massively huge, uh, extremely strong. There's acid spitters. Uh, There's plain zombies that just run at you. Um, I mean, they're just all kinds of different freaks. Uh, you activate these beacons and then you go into a freak hideout or freak zone and you drop a beacon in there and you have to defend that beacon. Well, during, while defending that beacon, you'll have all these different kind of freaks trying to attack it. Uh, in the first level, you'll have acid spitters attacking it. You use this thing called a, uh, ultraviolet shotgun, which gets rid of them really quick. Uh, Later on, you'll upgrade, you'll get some new grenades. Uh, one is an ultraviolet grenade, which you can drop uh, and pretty much splash away any that are attacking, melee attacking the uh, the beacons. Uh, later on in the levels, you'll encounter these huge, and when I mean huge, uh, I'm talking about possibly a five, six-story freak that'll come out and just start pounding away at the, at the beacons. And uh, they're really hard to kill. Uh, you have to use a rocket launcher in one of the one of the one of the freak layers. Uh, in another, they gave you a minigun sitting in the corner. You could just jump on that and take them out. I mean, it was really crazy uh, how some of these went down. Uh, it's easy to die. I mean, it, you'll get surrounded pretty easily by the freaks, uh, and when you do, you're kind of like, "Oh crap! Uh, what am I going to do?" Uh, so sometimes it's just smart enough to drop a grenade, see what happens. But I died a few times from freak attacks. So I was, I wasn't happy with that. Um, along with the freaks, there's a terrorist group called the cell. Um, all throughout the game, you'll pick up audio logs from the person in charge, Katarina, and you'll hear different things from her. Is it Um, JLo? Huh? Is it voiced by JLo? No. Because, you know, she was in, she was in the cell. Uh, God, uh, I can't even get away from that one now. <laughs> Come on, Sean. Come wow. on, bro. Wow. One of the worst movies ever created <laughs> along with Geely, and you have to bring it up. Thank you. Well, you said The Cell. Yeah, The Cell's... Never mind. Um, You actually see the, the Katarina woman uh, in the final seconds of the game as she tries to... Uh, attack the headquarters of the agency to kill you. Um, which ended up 
which you end up destroying her. Yes, this is a spoiler report, by the way. I don't care because if you play the game, you're going to be probably bored by the game a little bit. Um, You end up having to light up this huge beacon, which destroys all freaks in the city. And she's try- she comes in in a helicopter to attack. Well, you end up jumping onto the helicopter and getting completely uh, eviscerated by the helicopter blade. But your hand ends up in the cockpit of the helicopter. Well, it the game ends with a shot of your ungloved hand in a tube with these liquid tubes hooked up to it, pumping things into it. And you see the crackdown agency symbol on the hand, and that's how it ends. Uh, basically, set up, setting up for a crackdown three, um, which was another rumored game that was supposedly coming out within 2011, 2012. The game altogether was okay. I mean, there was a lot of fun things about it: the weapons, the driving. Uh, there was some really good fun things. Uh, there's a lot of buildings to climb. Uh, a lot of things to jump off of, but it's it, it's still repetitive. I mean, you're doing the same things over and over and over. It doesn't change. Uh, you've got races. You've got uh, road races. You've got agility races. You have freak layers you have to close. You have the storyline freaks that you've got to get down and uh, activate the beacons. And then you have cell, um, cell territory that you have to go in and reclaim. Um, I mean, that's it. That's the only things there is. Uh, it's not a bad game, but it's a rentable game. It's not a buy. Uh, if you buy it, I really ask that you rent the game first and then try it. Uh, because it's definitely one of those games you're kind of going to kind of look at and be like, okay, I, I spent $9 to rent the game. I'm glad I didn't spend $60 to buy it. Well, I was going to I was going to ask you if you could uh would you prefer would you tell people to play Crackdown 1 as opposed to Crackdown 2? And, and honestly, do you think which is a which is a better game basically is what I'm asking. I never finished Crackdown 1. I got so bored by it that I didn't finish it. So I'm not sure how much of the game is actually. I mean, if you played Crackdown 1, you probably recognize uh, a few things that's going on. The city, um, one of the reports that I got is Crackdown 1, you, see, you get to see the city. Crackdown 2, you get to see the same city, just a few things are destroyed. So um, it's your choice on what you want to do. I didn't finish Crackdown 1, and I skipped straight to Crackdown 2. I didn't care. Um, there are some things that go back to the first game, but not enough. So I may go back and play Crackdown 1 just to see what uh what may have been different because i want to see maybe if the cell was in the first game or whatever but uh it's in my humble opinion that you should probably just skip one and go to two okay because you know i had initially thought about buying crackdown too but after the review i don't know i'm probably gonna wait till it gets to be about a 20 dollar game and then i'll pick it up yeah, I mean, if it was twenty dollars, I'd buy it in a heartbeat, because there's supposedly going to be some DLC that is going to be remis- reminiscent of Keys to the City in Crackdown One, uh, which basically opened the game up massively, which made the game a little bit better to play. I mean, I even 
downloaded DLC for Crackdown 1 to the Keys of the City where you could just jump around and have fun with the game. Uh, I remember doing that. But, like I said, it's a rentable game. Uh, rent it before you buy it. You may decide that you don't want to spend the $60 on the game. So, uh, it's going to be one of those It's just going to be like, why did I rent this? Uh, so, just give it a chance. You may like it. You may hate it. It's your. It's how you really would feel. Fair enough. Uh, was there anything else you had on tap? Because there was there was one thing I heard today that I couldn't believe. Uh, apparently, those of you that uh, are old enough to know what the hell an Atari is, <laughs> maybe I'm dating myself here. Um, I had, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had an Atari. I'm 24 years old. I had an Atari 3200, I believe. I could be wrong. It was one. It was one of the one of the the newer ones that came out. I had an Atari when I was young. So you're not dating yourself massively because I had one. So oh well. Well, but go ahead. There was a video game called Asteroids, ladies and gentlemen, back in the day. Where basically you were in a spaceship and you were shooting asteroids. Well, apparently one of the major movie companies uh, is looking to make this game a movie. Asteroids the movie, produced by Atari, ladies and gentlemen. Coming soon, I think it's, uh, what's his name? Uh, The guy that is like the executive producer, and I'm not talking about Michael Bay. I think he works with with Michael Bay. I, I can't think of his fucking name. Starts Rock with a B. No, it's uh, Buena Vita or something. I don't, I don't know then. He, he's a, he's a big time movie producer. Anyway, I don't have the story in front of me, but I did read this earlier today that they're looking to turn that particular video game into a movie. So yes, can't wait to see that one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the plot. Uh, Shamalama Ding Dong is asking, what would the plot be? I don't know, probably a bunch of asteroids attacking the Earth and you're in a starship shooting the asteroids is the only thing that I could come up with. I'm at a loss. Of all the video game properties that you could make, asteroids is the one that that you want to make. You know, and Canadian Horseman says it perfectly, asteroids starring The Rock. Unfortunately, though, he goes by Dwayne Johnson and not The Rock. So, yeah, actually, I'm looking at it now. the uh, The guy's name is Lorenzo Di Bonaventura. Yes, uh, who's also the producer for Salt, uh, which actually looks really good. Um, but yeah, Asteroids was announced as a possible. Uh, Sims was actually thrown out there at one point. So, I mean. The Sims is one of those where I kind of look at and I'm kind of like, WTF? Really? Why? So it's definitely one of those. Um, looking at IGN right quick, we've got uh, Ludacris is going to be in the Fast and the Furious 5. Yeah, the Fast 5 is what they're calling it, I guess. Yeah, I, I really... God help us. Sounds like something you get at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, I want the Fast Five and a Dr. Pepper. Um, Apparently, uh, the actor of Chuck, Zachary Levy, 
has auditioned for the role of Clark Kent in a new 3D Superman reboot. I was under the impression that Brandon Ruth uh, had signed on for three films, and whether it was a reboot or not, they were looking at bringing him back as Superman, which is fine. I had no problem with him as Superman. My problem with Superman Returns was the fucking script. They added like people knew who what Superman actually did before, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge comic fan. Uh, DC, Marvel, I keep up with them pretty much. Um, so Superman, I know who Superman is, I know what he did, I know who he's been with, and all of that. But people who don't have never really paid attention to him don't know what he's doing. What who's who's what? Who's going to do what? I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, well, how did she get pregnant? When did she get pregnant? So I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of just like. Uh, can we get a storyline script to this, please? Well, now, actually, actually, uh, if you go back, Superman Returns is, in essence, a sequel to Superman 2. Okay? Uh, and the reason I say that is because you go back to Superman 2, that's when he became mortal for a time and was screwing Lois Lane and then got his powers back so he could take out Zod and his army. And I'm pretty sure that's the angle. Then he left Earth because supposedly astronomers found Krypton. And so he was gone for, what, seven, eight years. And when he came back, of course, she was married to Cyclops and had a <laughs> child with asthma and superpowers. So in a, yeah. in a nutshell, that is the story of Superman Returns. To go along with the movies, I uh, just... We got this. A friend of mine emailed this to me earlier, and I didn't get a chance to read it. Uh, Clash of the Titans 2 has been announced and will start filming in February. It's original. I'm, it's original. It's not a remake. It's original. I'm very happy with them doing the Clash of the Titans 2. Um, I actually just ordered the Clash of the Titans poster. I've pre-ordered the movie. I mean, I'm all... For Clash of the Titans. Um, there's also a new movie coming out that will start filming in June. Oz the Great and Powerful. Which is a prequel to The Wizard of Oz. So they're really... this. It, it was a book. I remember the book. Because uh, I've, seen, I've seen it at work. So they're pretty much going finally with the prequel. To see what happens. And... Let's take a guess at who the director is. Sam, Ra Sam Raimi. Yes, who was supposed to be working on the World of Warcraft movie. And that's apparently been put on the back burner so he can do Oz the Great and Powerful. And if I'm not mistaken, they're trying to get Robert Downey Jr. to play Oz. I say go for it. I mean, he's a great actor. I mean, he's really come back into his element after all the drug things. So, I mean, I'm glad to see him back. Um, I can only wonder what part uh, Bruce Campbell will play. That's wait. the only thing I want to see. No, wait a second. Tony O, it's not a sequel to Wizard of Oz. It's a prequel. Which means it comes first. So, yes. get it right. It deals with how he became the mighty and all-powerful Oz. Yep. 
So, so I don't know. It, it you know what? I think that movie's going to be great. I'm a little bummed because I was really looking forward to a World of Warcraft movie. I mean, judging from you know Raimi's past with uh, the Army of Darkness and of course uh, the the uh, the series Evil Dead. Excuse me. There we go. Oh, Evil, Evil Dead. Dead series. Evil Dead one and two, and then Army of Darkness was the third in that. And I've always been a huge fan of the Evil Dead series. I you know that was like the thing that Bruce Campbell is still credited for more than anything else is the fact that he was Ash. And oh yeah. I I would just love to see, you know, a high budget World of Warcraft movie because even though he did the low budget stuff with Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, uh, you know, it still came off pretty well. Even even though it was cheesy, it was still a good movie. So I don't know, we'll see what happens. I'm sure he'll do a great job with Oz. Um something that I'm really happy about right now and I want to just it's probably be the last thing, uh, movie wise, that I, I find. Um, Peter Jackson is back on with the Hobbit. He is actually casting the Hobbit out, and they're working on getting a um, start date for it very soon. They're doing a casting trip. Uh, Peter Jackson is so the sign that the prequel is going and it's getting ready is great. I can't wait for this to get started because. The entire Lord of the Rings is definitely my, uh, definitely something that I'm looking forward to, as I'm a huge Lord of the Rings Tolkien fan myself. So I really can't wait to see what Peter Jackson does with this, as he did a great, amazing job with Lord of the Rings as was. Well, you know what? I I don't want to see anybody else but Peter Jackson do the Hobbit. You know, given the fact that he did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And uh, yes, Tonio, Ian McKellen is playing Gandalf. And I was just going to say that they need to get this going because Ian McKellen is not get getting any younger. And he's obviously not going to wait around for too much longer. He's put everything on the back burner to be in The Hobbit. So it's time yeah. to get started. Well, Guillermo del Toro was scheduled to do it. Uh, they ran into some fiscal problems along with a lot of holdups. Del Toro said, you know what, F you, I'm done with this. He left. They said, okay, Peter, you're back up. We'll let you do it. And that's where we're at now. We're just waiting on news and confirmations that all these, who's going to play Bilbo, who's going to play the dwarves, and all that. So I'm really, really hoping to find out what happens. Uh, we should find out uh, possibly at Comic-Con. We could hear something. Comic-Con is right around the corner. Oh, and some other big news uh, as far as casting for movies go. As you know, Marvel is really doing a, a big job with all the uh, Marvel tie-ins. We've got Iron Man. Of course, we had the Hulk movie a couple years back. Thor is in production now. The Avengers is slated to come out uh, next year, or is, it, or is it 2012? I don't know. It's coming up soon. But the big news is that um, Edward Norton is not coming back as Bruce Banner. He's not coming back as the Hulk, and from what I understand, they've even dropped, uh, they've dropped the role in Joaquin Phoenix's lap. So whether he takes it or not, we'll see. But Edward Norton not being a part of uh, the Hulk—that's that, a shame because he did a great job uh, in the Incredible Hulk movie. He did, and I'm looking at one of the stories. Uh, Norton responded to uh, 
to this, and uh, his statement was, I am so appreciative of the outpouring of support from fans of the Hulk and the Avengers that I feel it would be rude not to respond. It seems it won't work out for me to continue playing Bruce Banner for Marvel and the Avengers. I will be thrilled to see him live on through other actors. Hulk is bigger than all of us. That's why we love him, right? Uh, it, was re- it was reported on Friday that Norton was not going to be in the Avengers film, that Joaquin Phoenix is rumored. My question is why? I mean, what has Joaquin Phoenix done lately because that wa- is worth? Joaquin Phoenix needs to be redeemed. And to put him in a role like this, if he does a great job, you know, a la Robert Downey Jr., this could be the role that kind of brings him back. Because I don't know what's going on with this guy. There was there was talk that he was making a mockumentary. That's why he was doing the whole rapper gimmick and stuff, you know, that you know it wasn't, you know, anything serious he's just been doing this shit for the last couple years for a for a side project but you know i think he's a good actor and obviously he's gone through a lot of shit in his life you know with the the death of his brother river who was a a much better actor in the uh, phoenix family to be honest but uh, i do like joaquin phoenix i i really enjoyed him as johnny cash and walk the line and you know, I I think he's a good guy, and I think that if if in fact he is given the role, I think that he's gonna you know, he's gonna hit a homer with it. I hope. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, somebody mentioned that there is a Captain America, uh, and John Cena is not playing Captain mm-hmm. America. Captain America has been cast a long time ago. Uh, for those of you familiar with another Marvel franchise called the Fantastic <laughs> Four. Uh, the guy that they have cast as Captain America is Chris Evans, who you may remember as uh, the guy who stole those movies, uh, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Yeah, I was really happy to hear that um, because at one point there were rumors of Will Smith. And I'm not racist at any point. Please don't think that there was a black Captain America, but I really don't want to see Will Smith as Captain America. No, he, he can go I'm back tired. to being Hancock. He can go back to being Hancock or whatever. He can go back. He's got a new Men in Black coming out, but I don't want to see Will Smith as Captain America. And if they had done that, um, no offense to anybody, but I would have boycotted the film because as long as I have been alive, I've only known of a white Captain America. I know at one point there was a black one, but I have only known of the white one. So well, I. I'm not, I I, I was a little offended. Well, okay, I wouldn't say offended. I was a little perturbed growing up as, you know, my dad was a huge fan of, uh, you know, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, you know, growing up when he did. And when I grew up into, you know, comic books, Nick Fury was always a white guy. Yeah. And then, you know, over the last little bit, now Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury because they changed on the cartoon Nick Fury to a black guy, which again, I'm not trying to be racist, but you know, why are we changing these characters? I think that was one that was changed a little while ago. I'm I'm not entirely sure about why they changed it, but um I I like the change. Uh I didn't get a chance to really see uh much of the white Nick Fury, but the fact that Samuel Jackson was a was was named as Nick Fury made me really happy because I really see him as Nick Fury, um, no matter what because he was always. I think Samuel Jackson was kind of 
groomed for that role a little bit at at one point, but it was definitely a, a very happy moment for me when they said, you know what, Sam Jackson is going to be uh, Nick Fury. Thank you. Have a good day. That's basically how it was for me. Well, like I said, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not trying. I don't want to sound like I'm coming across racist, but that was, you know, I, I don't know. They they've been changing stuff around for a while. I, I was okay with the kingpin being changed to uh, to being Michael Clark Duncan, and now everything that the kingpin is in, he's he's a black character, which is fine. I mean, it kind of works for the kingpin, but uh, for Nick Fury, for the history that he had, I didn't think it worked out too well. But I do enjoy seeing Samuel L. Jackson just because he's one of my favorite actors. I just I wish he would be more Sam Jackson when he's doing the role. Yeah, I'm really. Um, I never got. I haven't had the chance to watch Iron Man two. Um, the fact that we are showing that at work uh, next month is really going to be a good thing. I can't wait to uh, get a chance to sit down and watch it so I can see how it goes. Like, get, like, but, hold, um, hold on, Sean. Can you just imagine? Like, close your eyes for a second and think, people. If this was one of the lines uttered by Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Now that is how Samuel L. Jackson should portray Nick Fury. Thank God for Quentin Tarantino. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, that was just great. <laughs> Sorry, Actually, I had to throw if, that in there. If if all of a sudden, uh, Sam Jackson just says, "Oh, hold on one second, turns around, reaches for something, and a lightsaber comes to his hand, and there's the Emperor behind him, is like, I got to deal with this." <sighs> Does Marcellus Wallace look like a bitch? Then why do you treat him like a bitch? Oh, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I, still, um, think, I still think he went out like a bitch in, in Star Wars, though. Revenge of the Sith. I hated the way Sam Jackson got killed. I was like, man, you can't be punking out Mace Windu like that shit. Well, he didn't die. Um, uh, that was one of the things that I was reading in one of the... I'm, Give a little background to this. I'm reading the chronology chronology of Star Wars history. Uh, it goes all the way from before the the Clone Wars, and I'm all the way past. I'm into the New Jedi Order. Um, in the in the chronology, it says that Mace Windu did not die. Mace Windu was still alive uh, when Anakin went to find the body. He could not find the body, and actually saw a tiny blood trail leading off into another area which then disintegrated uh so he didn't die i'm kind of curious I, I didn't see nothing else about him so maybe he disappeared 
Uh, he didn't have no hands, so he probably disappeared and got new hands from that robot who gave a Luke, Luca hand. So, but he's just missing the yeah. one hand, just the one. Luke was missing a ha- the one hand, but uh, in the in the books, uh, Mace Windu had lost both hands. So, I'm not sure. Well, how the fuck did he lose both hands? He only got the one chopped off. That was in the movie, though. In the books, it's different. It's always different. So, I'll read up on it and see what happens. But, um, yeah, he's alive. So, there we go. Well, maybe he'll be in the Force Unleashed, too, then. <laughs> I highly doubt that one, but... Who knows? You never know, man. Like, I... They they lead you to believe that he gets killed there, which, you know, who knows? It's Lucas, and he can do whatever he wants because it's his universe. I'm I'm I, really I'm still waiting. I'm a god of my universe here, and uh, I wish Windu didn't die. Thank you, George I'm Lucas. I'm waiting on um, the TV show still. I'm yeah. waiting for that. You're going to be waiting a while because uh, they don't know, know exactly how to execute how they're going to do it yet. So I know. But uh, talking about TV shows, uh, tonight's Deadliest Catch was a two-hour episode, or really a regular one-hour episode with the After the Catch special. Um, it was the episode where Captain Phil Harris was uh, sh- had died. Um, he was in the hospital. Uh, he basically had a, another stroke slash heart attack in the hospital and passed away a little bit after. Um, I, I really like the way they edit it together. Uh, they really they edit it together uh, while the other captains were out on the on the boats. Uh, the Bering Sea got really fierce, like a storm was coming, like a major hurricane slash typhoon storm was coming in. And uh, the way I looked at it is, the Bering Sea was really ticked off that she lost one of her best captains on the on the on the sea. Um, but that's how I looked at it. That's how they edited together to show that the captains were having a really troubled time with the water. Um, but, uh, I cried. I'll claim it. I really did cry. Um, just to see the fact that Sam Jackson, uh, not crap. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Samuel L. Jackson was there. That's awesome, dude. I should start watching this show, man. Fuck. Um, That Captain Phil. uh, I'm tired of these motherfucking fish in this motherfucking water. Um, The After the Catch special was really good. They're they're in New Orleans. Um, They had a picture of him on the wall. His sons were there talking about the future of the Cornelia Marie, the ship. Uh, they were all wearing Captain Phil shirts, tribute shirts, uh, and in the middle of the table, they had created a new table just for Captain Phil. Um, more episode where it had the gold chain and the uh, the crab that he gave to his sons, uh, the golden crab, which is uh, a chain that all three of them wore, and he gave his sons as soon as they became full shares on his cap on his crap boat, he gave them a necklace and uh, I saw the table. I really liked it after at, at the end of the episode, they, uh, they showed shots of the outside. There was a new Orleans um, funeral going on. Well, 
it happened to be a funeral for Captain Phil. But it wasn't like his body wasn't in the casket or anything. But they were coming down. They were doing the New Orleans uh, funeral where they're walking down with horse and carriage, uh, pulling the caskets. Uh, there's a band going, playing uh, the Saints Come Marching In. Uh, and there's a huge crowd behind them. Uh, motorcycles are parked to the left of the screen of the street, and they all walk out right into the uh, into the funeral, and they just proceed to basically um, celebrate Captain Phil. And one of the lines was uh, in the preview for it was, "I got the chance to walk the earth with." Phil Harris, the earth will never be the same. And I heard that line. I immediately let out a tear because Cap, what I, what I got to saw, see on Daily's Catch was probably one of the coolest people that I ever wanted to meet. Um, I definitely will miss him on, like, you watch this guy for six years and you're just like, wow, like we're gonna miss this guy. So I'm really, I'm really sad. I cried. I, uh, it really hit me hard. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see some more memorial episodes come up because I know next week they're uh, they release the news to the to the fleet that he's passed away. So I'm really curious to see how that episode goes. Man, brought this show to a downer. <laughs> like, it was so upbeat, and, and everybody was happy, and then we got to talk about death. Well, I've, well next week we'll talk about uh, Deadliest Warrior, because uh, next week is supposedly the uh, the Navy SEAL against the Israeli commando. So, we'll talk about death a lot next week, but it'll be a good a good episode to talk about. So, either way... Yeah, if you're not a Navy SEAL or a fucking Israeli. <laughs> All right, fuck it. On that note, I may open up the phone lines for and take a call or two, but I got to wrap this show up because we are running super late tonight. And then forget phone calls. Let's just go to bed. I'll take one or two. One or two. I, I, I'm in a charitable mood. I, I want to hear from people on on whatever the fuck they want to discuss. So. Phone lines are open if you guys want to call in. Again, probably taking one or two calls, wrapping this show up. You can reach me at 501-588-7957. Discuss anything that's on your mind, whether it's, you know, Sean getting his man card pulled, whether it's talking about some crackdown. Wait, how did I get my man card pulled? Well, that's what somebody said in the chat, so. Yeah, well, guess what? I also cried when Eddie Guerrero died. Only because of the fact I knew them. So don't give me that. Well, motherfucker, I cried bitches. when Old Yeller got shot, but I was a fucking kid. Don't let me smack you, JJ. Uh, you can fucking try all you want. But that's not that's that's neither here nor there. We actually do have a call on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? What up, bro? It's the mage, man. Oh, see, the mage is the one that pulled your fucking man card. Yeah, well, let's just say that I've been a lo- here a lot longer than you have, buddy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, go sit the fuck down. Wow. Man card revoked. Provoked. Only person that can revoke my man card here is JJ and Josh Pedra. Ain't you? Fuck it, I'm pulling your man card. So what's on your mind tonight, Mage? 
Yeah, man. I actually wanted to talk about a little bit of all three, you know, some wrestling, some video game, you know, a little bit about movies I've heard about. Well, my first bit of information uh, ties into movies and video games both. You, the rapper of the game actually revealed like a dumbass plans for Grand Theft Auto Five. He's been called into the studio to reprise his character from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And in that same tweet, he revealed that he was going to play Tupac Shakur in his biopic. Wow. Uh, you know yeah. what? I, I honestly think that after doing that, he, he might not be doing either one of those. Well, it could be, like we were talking about earlier, it could be possibly the remake of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. So he could be just... Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, apparently Sean just got Skypey and Death Dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Boom shakalaka. And he's probably still talking to himself. That's that's a sad thing. I'm sure he'll call back in. Yeah, probably. Uh, he says I dropped him. Yeah. Nope, I didn't drop you, buddy. Oh. Yeah. There's a, there's a topic about the WWE that's been on my mind like about, about a week now. And I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it. It's just been really bugging me. So I figured maybe I can like talk to you about it and maybe throw out my suggestions for it. See what you think. All right, what's on your mind, man? Like, I was thinking about the Hall of Fame, man. And I was, like, thinking of superstars that haven't exactly won the world title but have done a lot for the company and I think should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I was always wanted to judge other people's opinions on who I'm thinking. Okay. Mainly, I'm thinking the Holly Cousins because I know they didn't do a lot, but they also did. But they did do their fair share for the company, so... I'm thinking Hardcore Holly, Clash Holly, and Molly Holly all go into the Hall of Fame together. Uh, I I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, first of all, Hardcore Holly was a longtime employee, but you know, other than the the one gimmick he had there with Crash and Molly, he wasn't very successful. Crash Holly left the company on bad terms, and in fact, when he died in 2003, they didn't even acknowledge his death. So I, I, you know, I, I'm in agreement. I think that Crash was an innovator. Uh, I loved the hardcore division because of Crash Holly, because of the 24/7 rule, and the fact that he really carried that belt and did things with that championship that nobody else ever did. And you know, after he died, that belt was pretty much null and void because there there was a void to fill. Uh, I, I just I would agree that you know. Some of those people do deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, if ever. All right. Another person I'm thinking, the Godfather. Now, I know the Godfather wasn't the best, you know, best competitor for the company, but, again, his gimmick was one of the best of all time. Everybody, all the fans enjoyed him. He always got a good reaction. And let's, and let's be honest. The whole train was the best thing, one of the best things throughout the Attitude Era. It was. Uh, the the whole train was, uh, you know, I loved the Godfather gimmick, but, you know, Charles Wright, the Godfather, is another one that kind of struggled there for a while to find an identity. I mean, uh, he started off his tenure as uh, as Papa Shango, 
And then in 95, he was comma. And after that, he became the godfather. And then there was that awful run as the good father. So, I mean, I I think, you know, technicality-wise, he wasn't that great in the ring, but the gimmick he had was really good. I I just, he's a mid-card guy, so I I don't think that they're going to ever put him in the Hall of Fame. I'd be surprised. I really would be. The last two guys are probably not going to get into technicalities, but... Again, they should be in, in for what they did in the ring, not what happened but like outside of the ring. Like, Owen Hart, I know Owen Hart's not going to get in because of his wife acting like a complete bitch to the WWE, but Owen Hart deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Owen Hart did was one of the best ever. He was my favorite wrestler of all time. And it just sounds me that he's never going to get in. Chris Benoit, now, say what you will about him outside. Side of the rank, uh, outside of the rank, but Chris Benoit was one of the damn best that ever got inside, got between the ropes. No, Pegasus kid, w, WCW, whatever you want to put it, Benoit was great, and that's because of what he did outside the ring. He's not going to get in for it because of the media would tear WWE apart, but he deserves a spot. Well, now. Don't get me wrong. I I agree on both parts with with what you just said on Benoit and Owen Hart. Owen Hart definitely deserves his spot in the Hall of Fame. Had he not passed away in 99, I think he would have been a major star for the company. I think he would have possibly been bigger than Brett, given the opportunity. I mean, Vince did not want to let Owen go. He let Bulldog go. He let Anvil go. He let Brett go. But he was not willing to let Owen go because he had plans for Owen. So I'll give you that one. It's unfortunate that Martha Hart, you know, 10 years, 11 years after the fact, won't let things go and let Owen be remembered for what he did do, that his legacy was being a fantastic wrestler and his family was a family based in professional wrestling. As far as Benoit is concerned, you're absolutely right. Benoit is one of the greatest technical high flyers in the business ever and it's sad that benoit will probably never make it to the hall of fame because he had you know an issue i don't know if he was suffering from dementia when all that stuff happened it was not the character of chris benoit to murder his wife and son you know and still to this day i i really wonder what happened that weekend uh, I, I just I still find it hard to believe, you know, three years after the fact that he did these terrible things, uh, killed his wife, his son and took his own life. But I honestly don't think and it really is a shame, but it would be like saying Ted Bundy was a great, you know, just take this for an example. It would be like saying Ted Bundy was, you know, uh, really good at his job. And he deserved the recognition, but he was a serial killer at the same time. I mean, it, it, you, you kind of compare those two, and you kind of you have to see the point there. Uh, I don't think Benoit will ever get the due that he deser- that he's deserved because of what happened, you know. And and it's a shame that his son and his wife were were taken in that fashion. So I I just I don't ever see Chris Benoit as much as we may uh, respect the wrestler. I don't think that's ever going to happen, man. Yeah, you're probably, you've made good points. You're, 
but we can all dream, right? Maybe one day, maybe one day, well into the future, when we're all dead and gone, someone will give him the recognition he deserves. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Like uh, you've got some good picks there, but I just, I, I don't think that. I would be surprised if any one of those made it. And, and just to, to say something about Crash Holly, I got a private message a second ago. Um, I made the claim that the WWE did not mention Crash Holly's death. I know for a fact they did not because I was working for another wrestling show called Voice of Wrestling when he died. And there was no graphic that went up on the air on Raw or SmackDown the week of his death. Now, when they did the year-end review thing, they put his picture in a montage because 2003 was the year that we saw a lot of deaths, you know, like Stu Hart and Elizabeth, Hawk, just a ton of people died in 2003. But I know for a fact, because I covered it, that Crash Holly was not mentioned by the WWE when he died in 2003. I remember the montage you're talking about, July. He was in that montage. But when he, that week he died, I did not see anything and mentioned him on like in the, in, as an individual on WWE programming. You're 100 percent right. Well, yeah, he was he was working as Mad Mikey in TNA at the time of his death, so he was not mentioned in any form. So that's probably the reason why, then, because he was working for TNA. So, like I said, I know that for a fact. But uh, is there anything else, Mage, before I kind of wrap the show up? All right, yeah, before I go, man, can you hit that Paul Bearer impression for me one time, man? I have to hear it. All right, Mage, just for you, man. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My Undertaker will get you. Oh, yes. Oh, man, thanks, man. Thanks, I appreciate it, man. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later, Mage. All right. All right. All right, guys, with that said, another edition of Unplugged has come and gone. On that note, I want to thank everyone who called in tonight, Pillman, Mage. I want to thank Corelli. I want to thank Sean. Uh, love you guys, and uh, I will see you again next week right here for another edition of Unplugged. Don't forget this week there will be uh, an episode of MMA Now on Friday, and also... We are in talks about bringing another show to the network. Uh, for those of you familiar with uh, WWR, which airs on YouTube, I believe it's World Wrestling Revolution out of Ireland, we are going to be bringing that show over here to the SNS Radio Network starting possibly this week. If not this week, it will be archived on the site next week. But uh, I want to thank Dara O'Connor and, of course, uh, Dave Power for allowing that to happen, and uh, we look forward to a bright relationship with uh, WWR in the future. Don't forget, Saturday night, the Pro Wrestling Rewind with Andy Knowles will be archived on the site. And Sunday, I will be back once again to cover Money in the Bank with Sunday Night Showdown. Myself, Mark the Shark DiCarlo. I believe we have something planned with uh, the former X Division champion, Johnny Devine. He'll either be in studio or we'll have a pre-recorded thing with Johnny Devine. But that will be, again, on Sunday, Sunday Night Showdown, right here on the SNS Radio Network as we cover Money in the Bank. On that note, guys, I am JJ Sexay, Mr. Money on the Mic. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. After that, I'm going to polish off an entire 
bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes, and then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. I'm gonna hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same, even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. You gotta live life, huh? Does that sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye. Take life, do you know what you give? I'll die, you won't like what it is. When the storm arrives, would you be seen with me? By the merciless eyes I've deceived. I've seen angels fall from You want